everyone, welcome to another episode of our Blue Jam podcast. I'm once again joined by Jim. Jim, hello, how are you doing? Hello again, Michael, how are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Um, something a little bit different this month for you. Um, so rather than a number of questions on a certain theme, um, we've been going out to our listeners and followers on social media, asking them to send some questions in for me to throw at you. So um, I've got I've got a selection. It's like the quick fire round. It, it genuinely is. It genuinely is. Now Jim's not seen these questions, um, so some of them are going to probably be a little bit of a surprise to him. But hopefully, there's nothing too tricky. But there's some actually some really good questions that the listeners have put forward. So um, yeah, looking forward to some of your responses. Okay. So the first question. Um, one of our listeners has recruited a top salesperson from a competitor um, and he's not been performing um, so he's just asking you know, what, what, what's, what, what could he have you know, what could he have done wrong uh, okay so uh, it can be very tempting to uh, take the best from the competition I suppose that, that could be seen as a, a bit of a shortcut to um, the recruitment uh, process and a bit of a guarantee of success and, and unfortunately that's not always the case so what could have gone wrong um, lots of things um, but I would be looking at um, the uh, culture fit so where have they come from what's the culture like there compared to what's the culture uh, in the organization that they've moved to um, Perhaps how that individual uh, has been managed in the past. Have they had a quite a hands-on manager or quite a hands-off manager? Uh, and how does that compare to how they're managed now? What is it they're selling? Um, where is the, um, the organisation? Um, what position do they have in the market, for example, versus where was the competitor in the market? Um, what's the support available to the sales function compared to where they've come from? Um, lots and lots and lots of different things. So um, the uh, the the recruiting of, of someone from uh, a competitor is not always the the panacea that it might uh, might appear. No, absolutely. I think and I think one of the standout things you said there for me was, um, you know, we really shouldn't underestimate the importance of culture fit. Yeah. Um, because as you say, that can that that can be such have such a big impact positively or negatively yes yeah absolutely so you need to be really clear on your own culture and to ensure within the recruitment process that you're clear with candidates as to what that culture is what might be expected of them and and check whether that that meets their expectations and how they they like to work yeah absolutely okay second question to throw at you um is how important is it to recruit salespeople from within the same industry? Okay, so uh, I would say it's not important. What's important is that they have the right uh, behaviours and capabilities. Um, having said that, if I refer back to our uh, Acuity sales model, which has nine key capabilities, one of those capabilities is about industry knowledge. So they do need to know the, the industry um, they need to know uh, the market that they work in. They need to know what competitors are doing. They need to be able to anticipate trends in the market. And they need to use that knowledge to inform and educate their customers and to add value. But all of that can be learned if they have um, the other uh, capabilities, such as the drive and motivation, um, the interpersonal skills, um, the focus on on 
goals and the clarity of, of goal setting, um, if they're able to flex their behavior um, to suit different environments, to make the most of those situations. So yes, it's important, but on its own, um, it's not going to drive the results that you're looking for. That makes sense. That makes sense. The third question I've got, got for you, um, and we've touched upon this in our previous, our last podcast, but um, I think it's still worth asking, particularly for listeners that haven't um, downloaded and, and listened to our previous podcast. Um, and this is around, do good salespeople make good sales leaders? Uh, they can do, uh, but they don't always um they don't always uh, perform as, as people leaders. And uh, again, lots of reasons for that. Um, on the, off the top of my head, um, that could be down to uh, their motivation and drive. They actually just really enjoy selling um, and they don't necessarily want to, to manage people. Um, if you talk to salespeople about what they really enjoy, a lot of it um, comes back to the performance and the achievement and being driven by the the numbers and being those numbers being able to reflect very clearly how well they're doing when you get into a people management role um, you're having to deliver those numbers through other people and you've got less control let's say over how those numbers are delivered or whether those numbers will be achieved um, so that can potentially demotivate someone in a people leadership role whereas um, as when they were performing in a sales team they would have been highly motivated there's uh, you you might think that um, you know they should be good at managing people because that's a large part of the the, the sales role is going out and, and, and talking to clients and customers but in those roles, they're 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 quite um, distinct interactions. Whereas in a in a people leadership role, you're you're kind of on call the whole time. Um, you're surrounded by your your people, or you're likely to be surrounded by your people. And um, uh, often, salespeople like to have a little bit of distance uh, too. So although they they can turn up and be very um, gregarious and and sociable <laughs> and amenable, um, actually. To some extent, that's a bit. It can be a bit of a performance, um, and they actually like to step away and 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 um, potentially recharge their batteries or have a bit of bit of um, downtime too. Um, and that can be quite a contrast to the need to be in an office environment, potentially um, you know surrounded by the team from from Monday morning through to Friday afternoon. Thanks, Jim. And if you if you um, haven't downloaded our, I think it's our fifth podcast. Um, please do because uh, Jim talks about this topic in particular in a lot of detail so um, it's a great question here but if you want to get some more um, uh, insights from Jim do download that previous podcast um, and say Jim did go in a lot of detail on that um, okay the final question is a bit more on the development side um, and this listener was asking that he wants their, his sales team to take more ownership over their develop over his team's development, uh, their own development. So how, how can how can he go about that? Yeah, so it's it's interesting. I mean, when I talk to to clients, they they usually fall into one of two camps. They either haven't done any development um, or training with their sales teams for for a while, or they have a very formal very structured way of, of of doing that and and in both cases they're not really encouraging the individuals to take ownership for their own professional development 
Um, I mean, I think one of the, the, the simplest and easiest things you could do is, is um, to get um, a 360 conducted on, on the team so that each individual has a personalised report which contains um, n not only their sort of self-insights, um, but also the reflections of uh, other people who know them well. So they're potentially their, their, their line manager, perhaps some close colleagues and peers, maybe even some customers. Um, and that gives them some very quick, very um, accessible uh, development areas, as well as identifying strengths that they might have. Um, and um, it, it, it enables them to then take ownership of their development. So based on the feedback coming from the 360, um, which can contain some, some you know, detailed narrative feedback as well as um, just uh, kind of data. Um, it can really signpost what they need to do in order to develop. Um, and, and with that knowledge, you'll see that your best salespeople will actually go out and, and um, start to address those things themselves, not wait for you to apply some um, you know, training or, or development support. And on, and on that 360, I know that, uh, without plugging too much, Blue Jam recently <laughs> uh, launched a, 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 three, a new 360 tool. Um, do you want to just say a little bit about that and where maybe our listeners could learn more information from? Because I know, from my perspective, having worked in the industry a long time, I think what you guys have developed there is, is, is really, really impressive. Thank you. Um, yeah, so it's based on our uh, Acuity sales model, um, which we developed from um, researching the market into what makes a good uh, salesperson in a, in a complex, uh, strategic, B2B type sales environment. Um, and um, having designed the model, we've created a, a 360 questionnaire to support um, people's uh, development against uh, the nine capabilities in, in the model um, and it's been really successful actually we've just um, worked with a client where we were able to show that that high performers on the 360 actually sell 23% um, more than um, the, the uh, lowest 50% on the model oh, wow. so it really does link to um, performance and and you know that that's um, that's great from our perspective to show that the model works but from the client's point of view if, if they can really um, start to develop people against those nine capabilities they know that, that that will lead to improved sales performance and you know that, that that's uh, that's a massive win absolutely I mean, they're fantastic data points there mm. um if you'd like to learn more about the, the the acuity 360 that jim just mentioned there you know just go onto the blue jam website www.bluejam.co.uk um they're all the questions i've got for you today jim so hopefully they weren't too crazy yeah i'm still here <laughs> i'm surviving um we will do this again because I, I do think it's always good to to answer some direct questions from from listeners. So, to all of you listening, um, we will put some shout outs on social media um, over the coming months. To we you know next time next time we look to to record one of these style of podcasts. Um, so look out for that. But thank you once again for listening, and thank you to the four individuals that sends in questions we really do appreciate it um, and we look forward to speaking to you on our next podcast so for now goodbye